Well, praise the Lord today. It's wonderful to be in his house. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 12. Matthew 12, verses 43 to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. The book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 24 to 26, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Application concerning a generation. An application concerning the individual. Satan tries to dwell within. To fill up the space within us. To possess a generation, to possess a person, to satisfy his thirst and restlessness. There is no doubt that in our time, Satan is on the loose. You say, how so? Infiltrating the realm of education infiltrating the realm of politics, infiltrating like never before the realm of entertainment, technology, media, driving much of the music written today, even seeking to creep into churches. And we could go on speaking of the avenues he is using to possess a generation even if one person at a time. The child, the teenager, the adult, age is not his concern, although we know he seeks to possess as soon as he can. Luke's account from the voice, when a demonic spirit is expelled from someone, he wanders through a waterless wasteland seeking rest. We must take note. Spirit must find drink in the life of a man, find rest, 
feed off that life. But there is no rest for him anywhere, so he says, I'm going back to my old house. He returns and finds the old house has been swept clean and fixed up again. So he goes and finds seven other spirits even worse than he is, and they make themselves at home in the man's life so that he's worse off now than he was before. The message paraphrase, when a corrupting spirit is expelled from someone, it drifts along through the desert looking for an oasis, some unsuspecting soul that can be devil. When it doesn't find anyone, it says, I'll go back to my old haunt. On return, it finds the person swept and dusted, but vacant. It then runs out and rounds up seven other spirits dirtier than itself, and they all move in, whooping it up. That person ends up far worse than if he'd never gotten cleaned up in the first place. Quite the words we read, and the Lord is warning us, and the Lord is cautioning us. The Lord is saying to us, it's not enough to be swept and put in order. It's not enough to be swept clean and fixed up. The reality is many that have been set free having a corrupting spirit expelled from their life have ended up housing eight. How is this possible? Satan is on the loose and he doesn't want to lose a life. Satan is on the loose in our world. Loose in the nations. Loose in our nation. In our province, in our city. Doesn't want to lose a life, and so the demonic spirit that is expelled drifts and wanders for a while and thirsts and finds no rest and returns when the house is swept dusted, and vacant, back to its old haunt. Those words, I'll go back to my old haunt. On return, it finds the person swept and dusted, but vacant. Vacant. You know, it's dangerous to remain vacant. It's dangerous to remain empty. It's dangerous, even if there's been a sweeping and a cleaning, and if we don't believe that this is happening today in our world, I pray that there would be an awakening. From Matthew, the message reads, When a defiling spirit is expelled from someone, it drifts along through the desert looking for an oasis. Some unsuspecting soul, it can be devil. When it doesn't find anyone, it says, I'll go back to my old haunt. On return, it finds the person spotlessly clean, but vacant. It then runs out and rounds up seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they all move in, whooping it up. 
that person ends up far worse off than if he'd never gotten cleaned up in the first place. You see, the problem isn't the sweeping. The problem isn't the cleaning up. The problem isn't the order. The problem is the vacancy. But what if the corrupting spirit returned and found the person filled? Spirit expelled from a life, wandering around for a while. It seems like, feels like, looks like life's been cleaned up. Things have been set in order. There's been a sweeping. But the person's vacant. What if the corrupting spirit returned and found the person filled? What if there was no vacancy? No room. Not one room. Not one nook or cranny. No room in the hallway. No room in the entranceway. No room in the stairway. No room in the headspace. No room in the heart space. So what's the answer? We need to be filled with something else. Rather with someone else. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need a sign lit up over our lives. No vacancy. Nikki Cruz tells the story of a man named Tim. The story's true. From a young age, Tim was exposed to witchcraft. As the years went by, he opened himself up to further evil. Tim found himself communicating with beings who lured him into exciting experiments. He found that he could summon what appeared to be invisible but powerful spirits. And they made uncanny predictions, seemed to guard him from danger. One day he invoked a spirit that came to him by name and promised him unusual powers if he would perform strange tasks that led him further into the demonic world. He got into astrology, astrological psychology, Buddhism. This man was possessed by evil spirits. His world was their playground, feeding off his life and feeding his life. There's much to the story, however. One day, he met a woman. And that woman told him about Jesus. The account. Tim met Nancy, my friend's daughter. 
while she was taking her winter college term in Jamaica. Nancy listened carefully to everything Tim told her so enthusiastically about his occult adventures. Then she told him what Jesus Christ had done for her. She knew something about spirits, she said. She herself had often been obsessed with the feeling of depression and despondency. And she had been led on occasion to command an evil spirit to leave a person in the name of Jesus. But these aren't evil spirits, Tim protested hotly. Through Buddhism, I'm close to God. Jesus is the way to God, Nancy said. There is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, John 14 said. Tim seethed when Nancy talked like that about Christ. He felt that she was putting down the whole beautiful world he had created. The name of Jesus especially angered him. But something about this girl kept him talking to her. When she told him very calmly that she was simply letting God speak through her, Tim knew deep in his heart that she was speaking the truth. Her words burned into his consciousness with great conviction. He writes, the spirits began bothering him at night. Sometimes he would hear dogs barking nearby as he felt their presence. He told Nancy, I've told the spirits to go away and not come back. They'll come back, Nancy said. And they did. The spirits did come back, and although this morning there isn't enough time to share the entire account, it came to a point one night when there was a spirit in the room. Tim said, there is a spirit in the room. I know, said Nancy. Start praying, Tim asked. Nancy said a simple prayer. In the name of Jesus, she told the spirit to leave, and she felt it go. Soon afterward, Tim knelt down and renounced the spirits with whom he had dealt for so long. Later, he said, I felt compelled by the Spirit of God to do this. When he had turned his life over to Jesus Christ, Tim felt completely exhausted. But that night, he rested in a wonderful sense of peace. The next morning, he and Nancy talked again. Nancy reminded Tim of Jesus' parable of the spirit who left a man only to return to the empty space later with seven more evil spirits. The way to keep that from happening, she said, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. An extreme account, perhaps, it's not like this for all. However, there is no denying the desire of Satan concerning each of us. No matter the extent of the situation, the parable of Jesus holds the answer. 
Luke 11, 24 to 26, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. The way to keep this from happening is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit taking up residence in a life. The Holy Spirit making his home within. Possessing the vessels we are. A new kind of power. A new kind of protection and guidance. What this generation so desperately needs, sons and daughters, old and young, is a complete occupying by the Holy Spirit so that the sign over our lives, the sign over our life reads, no vacancy, no room, not one room, no room in the hallway, no room in the entranceway, no room in the stairway, not one nook or cranny, no room in the headspace, and no room in the heart space. See, what happens? The Spirit goes out. You clean up. Clean up the headspace. Try to set things in order. But the answer is to get your mind filled with the Holy Ghost. To get your headspace filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what this generation so desperately needs. That morning, Tim knelt again and asked the Holy Spirit to fill his life. And he rose up filled with the joy of his baptism. What happened next? Nikki Cruz writes, The evil ones had not forgotten what had happened. One morning, about six weeks later, Tim was feeling proud of his spiritual achievements as he rode his bicycle through the little college town. As he came to a stop sign at an intersection, his hands and feet froze. He could not stop. He shot at about 25 miles an hour into the main thoroughfare. There was only one car on the street, but it was headed directly for Tim. God help me, Tim silently pleaded, aware of his helplessness. Somehow, no one can explain how there was no collision. So, Tim is learning about the new kind of protection and guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, many try to sweep up and clean up and put things in order. 
Many will try today. And many will try tomorrow to clean up and sweep up and set things in order, seeking help where they can, trying to get rid of the demons, trying to get rid of a corrupting spirit, trying to stop the haunting. And the truth is many do sweep up clean up and get things in order. Do some survive? Yes. Some do survive, although they've only been healed, not made whole. And there they live for all their days, a target, because the only answer The only answer is that the Holy Spirit come and occupy the vessels that we are. Every room. Healed and not made whole. The truth is only Jesus can make us whole. Healed and not made whole. We need the Holy Spirit to take control, to so occupy our lives that a divine no-vacancy sign be permanently lit. People who are filled with the Holy Spirit, a generation that is filled with the Holy Spirit, this is the answer. Healed and whole, a deliverance and a residency. A new tenant to whom we sign over the title deed. We say, Holy Spirit, come and fill my life. And you run the show. That's the answer. The reality is that's the answer for our nation. You can try and sweep up and clean up. I don't even think they're trying to do that, but you know what I'm saying. And this is what happens when a generation forsakes God, forsakes the ways of God, forsakes the standards and the principles and the commandments of the Lord and rewrites the Bible to suit their fancy and cuts out portions of scriptures that they don't like because a woke culture tells you that's the way Give peace a chance. Luther said, peace if possible, truth at all costs. What this generation needs is the Holy Spirit. This generation needs Jesus to come and heal them and make them whole. And they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the answer. But I'm so thankful today that the Lord would remind us that when the enemy comes in like a flood. But the Lord raises up a standard. And he has and he is raising up a standard. You know, Jesus was about to leave the earth. And he told, he told the people something. 
You know, I think if the Son of God, God himself, the Savior of the world, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, was about to depart, and he had something to say, I think it would be important. I think it would be that which we should focus on. There's those that he left behind for now. And so he was about to leave the earth, and he told the people not to depart, but wait for the promise of what? The Holy Spirit. I mean, this should be the focus in these days. The Holy Spirit. Jesus leaving the earth, and he says, listen, I know what you need. I know what you need. And so I'm giving you an instruction, Acts 1, verses 4 to 8. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them. He didn't suggest. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Pause. Wise words, worth heeding. And then hear what really matters and what Jesus wants the church to run with. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Thank you, Lord. So what did the people do? Well, maybe it was just a suggestion. Tarry and wait for the promise. For this power, this fire, this infilling to get rid of the vacancy. Acts 2, verses 1 to 4, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, waiting on the promise, taking Jesus at his word, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The promise remains. We can push it away for whatever reason. Denominations can reject it. And not teach it, but Jesus taught it. And Jesus said, I know what you need paraphrase. 
I know what this generation so desperately needs. To fill up the vacancy. That those spirits, those demonic agents would be thrust and expelled out of their lives. Out of their homes. And I feel the word of the Lord out of their homes. If you think of our homes, if you even think of our life as a home. No vacancy in the rec room. No vacancy in the storage room. That's a big one. No vacancy in the family room. No vacancy in the dining room. No vacancy in any of the rooms of our homes. The homes that we live in, the homes that we are building, but also these homes. This is the Holy Spirit's house. Well, verses 5 to 21. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born and we read of the list? We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, They are full of new wine. New wine it was. <laughs> But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Swept, cleaned up, set in order, but vacant. This generation so desperately needs the Holy Spirit. For the Tims, for the less extreme cases, 
no matter who we are outside of Christ, it's a corrupting spirit. We can try all we like to sweep up and clean up and set things in order. But until Jesus gets a hold of us and the Holy Spirit fills us and lights up a divine no vacancy sign, we are a living target for a worse haunting. Wait and tarry, Jesus said. Pine for, pine for the holy promise of a Pentecost outpouring that we be touched by heaven's fire, set ablaze, lit, and empowered. A corrupting spirit is ruthless and relentless. And it may drift and wander for a while, but it'll be back. And if it finds the place swept and clean and in order, but empty, vacant, it'll run out and round up seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they'll all move in. This is what the Bible says. And so today, no vacancy is the key. And I pray that every time we pass a place that has a no vacancy sign or a vacancy sign lit, we just remember no vacancy is a sign lit over my life. Not one room. No room in the hallway. No room in the entranceway. Not one nook or cranny. No room in the head space. No room in the heart space. For my home, no room. There might be a call today to some parents to expel some spirits from their house. In the name of Jesus, to cast out certain things that are in certain rooms of the house that should not be there. We have a part to play in this. We have a role to play. You know, there are those today that downplay or ignore the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I can't help but think how this aids the devil. And how he just sits back and goes, got them all fooled. Can you believe what they just preached last Sunday, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't for everybody? That the infilling of the Holy Spirit isn't for everybody? He gets together with his demons and his cohorts. I'm making this up, of course, but it's possible that it's real. Hey, it's okay. They're just preaching practical stuff. Don't worry. They're not preaching the name of Jesus is the only answer. They're not talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit they're just talking about self-help programs and all those other things. I'm not saying they're all bad, but the only true answer is Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Son of God himself said, I'm leaving. I've been with you for 33 years. I've really walked with you for three during my ministry. I, I'm gone. I'm going to heaven. I'll return. But I know what you need. I'm not leaving you alone. Well, if Jesus tells me that I need something, who am I to say, thanks for the suggestion, Lord? Thanks. I'll think about it. I don't know, maybe I'll be able to make it on my own. 
we'd be wise to heed the words. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the protection and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need the dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be so full that there's no room for the devil. I wonder, do you need a sweeping today? A cleaning and a setting in order? Jesus is the answer. Not a sweeping or cleaning or ordering of the world offered by the world or conjured up of self. Jesus is the answer. Do you need a filling to fill the emptiness, to fill the vacancy? The answer is be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm here to announce today that the promise remains. The promise remains. Wait, tarry, pine for the promise. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. For some, it'll mean spurning pride and reluctance and diseased interpretation. You know, Jesus, he had a picture of what the church would look like at the end. And he knew that will only come if the promise came. It's time for dreams and visions in these last days. It's time for a prophetic generation to rise up, not a pathetic generation. A righteous generation amidst the wicked. We can have the worship team return today. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And so Jesus knew what he wanted his church to look like in the last days. I will pour on my spirit, says the Lord. Pour it out and pour it in. Doesn't the Bible say be continually filled with the Holy Ghost? In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Man, I'm claiming that for my children. I trust you're claiming it for your children. And for every son and daughter of God Almighty, we're all sons and daughters of God in this place if we know Jesus. Sons and daughters shall prophesy prophetic utterance, the unction of the Holy Ghost. The young shall see visions. The young shall see visions. That's why the enemy is going after the vision. Attacking the vision, corrupting the vision, luring the vision.
The young shall see visions. The old shall dream dreams. Thank you, Lord. Dreams are for the young, aren't they? It's not what the Bible says. On my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. People fully occupied by the Holy Ghost. Let's stand in this house today. Lord, we need you. Come on, if you need a touch from the Lord today, You know, the Holy Spirit is pointing on something, pinpointing, putting his finger on an area in your life, and you say, I need, I need a breakthrough this morning. As we lift this song up, the altar's open if you need prayer. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence is speaking in other tongues, I'm just going to invite you to come. We're in the church. We're in the house of the Lord. Just begin to tarry and wait and pine for it. Here as we close today, get prayed for. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can try all you want to clean up and sweep up and set things in order, but that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Nothing this world has to offer or something we can conjure up in ourselves. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says, repent, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so today, as we lift this up, Lord, we're asking, we're asking, come like only you can come, Lord. Do what only you can do. In the last days, you promised you would pour out your spirit. We take you at your word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.